Good evening. It's been an awesome um, just time of gathering so far. So got a surprise today. Um, Jordan and Daniel are going to get up to preach. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I just wanted to scare them. Um, yeah, man, this, it's really awesome. I'm really excited to share this word tonight. Um, you know, just while I was doing my preparation, I was really convicted. And it's, I must say, tonight I want to encourage you to to open up your hearts, to allow the Lord to convict you tonight, because it really, this is a hard challenge. I really believe this is a hard challenge, because tonight we're going to be talking about generosity, and I'm going to be uh, speaking through Matthew 14, verses 13 onwards. So if you would like to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to first read the scripture, and then I'll kind of get into, into explaining a bit of the text and what that means for us today tomorrow, and the weeks to come. So awesome, cool. So I'm going to be um, reading, like I said, I'm going to be reading from, from Matthew, but I also want to encourage you, if you make your notes, write down Mark 6, verses 30 to 44, then Luke 9, verses 10 to 17, then John 6, verses 1 to 14, because this account happens throughout the Gospels, and it's quite interesting from a, you know, just from a theological point of view, you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which is a synoptic Gospels, because they kind of take stories from one another, and then John comes out a little bit later, where after the persecution of the Christians, John wrote this down because he believed that the, the Gospels were destroyed. And he comes from a bit of a different angle. But what's so interesting is that this passage of Scripture is also found in John, which just shows the importance of this message. Cool. So I'm going to read from verse 13. It says, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from their boat, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. Just a little bit of context. Jesus heard about John. Um, who was arrested, and then he was beheaded by King Herod. And, uh, but then, but when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. Think about that, desolate place, a place where there's no one there, and then the, the people in the towns, they heard about this, and then they actually went to that place. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And, they, and then he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to see he looked up to the heaven and he said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. They took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces that were left over, and those eight were about five thousand men, besides women, and children. Okay. Just think for a moment now. You're one of the people in the multitudes 
you're one of the people that are from one of these, you know, one of these towns, and you, you hear about Jesus. You hear about Jesus going towards this, to this desolate place, and uh, I think it's in Mark where it said that they actually, they ran and got there before Jesus, which is quite interesting to say, because what that tells us is in the time they heard about this man, Jesus, who was healing people, who was proclaiming the kingdom of God, who was performing miracles. And I mean, news was obviously spreading. And for them, it was a sign of hope. For them, it was a sign of, you know, God is doing something. This is, this is a sign of me being fulfilled, me experiencing salvation. And they heard about Jesus, and there were thousands of them. And it says that there were 5,000 men besides women and children. And if you really want to take, I'm pretty sure it was around about 15,000 to 20,000 individuals that were there in that multitude. And now imagine being one of those people. Just for a moment. Imagine, imagine we were sitting here and then the next thing we heard, hey, there's Jesus. Imagine what you're feeling. This is the man that, that you heard that, you know, is he a prophet or what? But man, he's definitely sent from God because he's healing people. He's performing miracles. I need a miracle in my life. I want to see God's hand in my life. And that desperation... For, for all of those people to come out of their towns, to come out of their everyday life and run towards God. Can you think about the day that you met Jesus? Can you think about the day that Jesus was there and you knew, I need to reach out. I need to find this Jesus. I, I need to see this Jesus and I need to encounter this Jesus. I need to hear his words. I need to hear about the kingdom of God. Just think about that for a moment. Think about that day that you encountered Jesus. And perhaps you haven't encountered Jesus. I'm, I'm trusting that you're going to encounter him and you're busy encountering him right now. But think about that. There was like this, this stirring. There was this hunger that, that filled you. Right? Now that's pretty much what those people were experiencing at the time. And it says in Mark, it says that Jesus saw them and he felt compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He didn't chase them away. He was, think about this, Jesus was withdrawing himself. Why? He heard about John, John the Baptist's death. So he drew away with his disciples. And we know what Jesus does when he draws away from a crowd, when he draws away to a place of quiet. He goes and spends time with his father. Have you ever heard bad news? And all you want to do is just go to a quiet place. You're just not having a good day. And then somebody comes and pops their face in front of you. And then you know you either have two things to do. You can chase them away or you can help them. You can see their need. And that says something about who Jesus is. Because Jesus chose to heal them and to teach. 
Jesus cares not only for the individual, but he cares about the multitude. He cares about the people that he encounters. And he wants to love them. He wants to embrace them. Now you've got a different, let, let's go into the disciples' shoes. Let, let's place ourselves into the disciples' shoes for a second. They probably heard this news and they were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe John the Baptist, you know, he was killed. And, and then they see Jesus showing compassion. And the day is like, it's going by. Imagine, imagine being in a, sitting in church from, I don't know, could be wrong, but let's just say, from the morning all the way till, till five, six o'clock in the nighttime, you're going to be like, I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to eat. I want to I wanna sleep. I'm tired. I'm tired. But then they come to Jesus and they say, okay, Jesus, um, you know, it's getting late. I think that we should send these people home or send them to the towns nearby so they can get themselves something to eat and we need to bounce, okay? Because the day's done, all right? Then Jesus says, no, you're not going to chase them away. You're going to feed them. What I found interesting about that is, you know, in the different Gospels, you know, then they say, okay, we only have um, five loaves of bread and two fishes, okay, but, or two fish, grammar. Um, but the actual fact is they had nothing because it wasn't even their loaves. It wasn't even their fish. It was a boy in the crowd, right? And this boy stepped out of faith, and said, I've got five loaves, I've got two fish. Here you go. Talk about, talk about faith. Okay? And then Jesus says, yeah, now feed them. What? Can you think about that for a moment? Think about right now, I mean, this venue can't even put 15,000 people in here. But just imagine 15,000 people here. Okay? And you were tasked to feed these 15,000 people with literally five loaves of bread and two fish. Let's make it even worse with those pulchered cans. Huh? Okay? Now you were tasked to feed these 15,000 people. What is going through your mind? Because if it was me, Honestly, in that time, you know, and sometimes they'd be like, oh, you see these disciples, they don't have faith. Oh, place yourself in their shoes. Honestly, you would look at Jesus and say, you crazy. Is there something wrong with you? Because from a logical point of view, there's absolutely no way that I can feed all these people. Even if all of them had one bite, it would still not be enough. Think about it. And we can easily go there and criticize them, but we do the same thing. Right? So then Jesus says, give it to me. How's that? Give it to me. So they had, re they had this small amount of resources. And then Jesus said, give it to me. So they gave it to Jesus, and then Jesus broke it. He lifted up to the heavens, and he blessed it, and then he gave it back to them. And here's where the miracle follows. 
Yes, where the miracle follows. Jesus didn't hand out that bread. No, the disciples handed out that bread. So my question to you right now, do you have resources in your hand? Do you, are you holding something in your hand at the moment? What is it that you're holding in your hand? What does your life look like? You know, it's, I mean, I was so convicted by this because it's even that thing, like, you know, and Pastor Louis also said this in, in the sermon this morning. He said, you can, you can drive now not even five kilometers and you will encounter people that are on the side of the road, poverty, stricken. They don't have nothing. You know, I was, I, I was speaking to, um, he, he used to be very much involved with, with the church, um, Goth, who's done a lot of um, outreaches and he's, he's actually busy working on projects to, you know, eradicate homelessness. And, you know, uh, I was driving with him and he said, you know, a lot of these people, you know, we all, we're all surrounded by houses and, you know, there's a lot of comfort there, but not a lot of people have that. In fact, a lot of people's situations are so desperate, right? And now you need to ask, you're probably like, well, what does this have to do with me? That has everything to do with us because we encounter people every single day in our lives. Sometimes I, I look at my, my finances and then I'm just like, Nicole, oh, what are we going to do this month, you know? How are we going to get through? You know what I'm saying? But I was convicted because... It's not about my resources. It's about my faith. It's about my heart. It's about seeing who Jesus is. And Tish said this in the pre-service prayer. She said that the cross, that communion that you did now, that is the most pure and most amazing example of generosity. Because it, can't, it costs Jesus everything. It costs him his life, right? But sometimes what we tend to do is we tend to be comfortable and we tend to say, okay, you know, I'm going to sort my stuff out first. Then I'm going to kind of look at my, my you know, my, my budget and what's left over. And then I'll just give what I can, like the little scraps there and there. And if you're sitting there and you're feeling a little bit convicted, well, Join the club, because I'm pretty sure that we all feel convicted like that. But Jesus gave his life. He gave his life so that we can gain life. And the question is, what do you have in your hand? Because Jesus said to him, well, you know, feed them with what you have. And then they were like, well, we can't. And then it's like, exactly, you can't, because it's not in your power. It's in the power that I have. It's my power. So that's why he said, give it to me. Because whatever's in your hand is saying, give it to me so that I can bless it. I can break it. And through that, there can become multiplication. Now, who has faith to give Jesus what you have? I mean, these were the same disciples that saw Jesus healing lepers, healing the blind, right? Not too long ago, Jesus was at a wedding and then he turned water into wine. Now they're still questioning, what are we going to do? Are you crazy? Okay, they literally saw that's why there was a multitude of people coming to Jesus because he is the source of life. And that life encompasses everything, including provision. Including provision. We like to say that God created everything, that is the ruler of everything. But there's certain areas in our life 
where we don't give him authority. And Jesus is calling us to be a generous people. And I hope I say this while now. Tish is there. She can tell me I'm wrong. But it was said in the morning's pre-service prayer that for the, I think it was T who said it. But when, you know, you, you stretch, when they come here and they, they play, they actually stretch because when you don't stretch, you stay stuck in this position of tension and Sometimes God is wanting to stretch us so he can expand our faith. So he can expand our territory. Right? But then when we get our our salaries, when we get our allowances, whatever it is, you can live like this and you can stay in the space where you've just got enough. It's just enough. Or... You can say, Lord, this is what's in my hand. This is what I've received. And I believe that you are my provision. I believe that you are the one who provides me these resources. So what do you want me to do with it? I'll tell you a very cool story. I don't know if any of you know Francis Chan, right? But he he was talking about when he first started giving, right? And then the Lord told him and his wife to give $50,000. And he said he didn't even make that in a year. Okay. So the Lord told him to literally give more than what he made in 12 months. They said, okay, we don't know how we're going to do it. (laughs) But here's the thing. The Lord said, what's in your hand? They went to the Lord. They gave it to God, and God made it possible to the point where they were able to give a million, a million dollars. That's a lot of money, right? But I also want to draw attention to something here. Because it's not just about us expanding our faith. It's not just about us being challenged and growing. It's because Jesus cares about the multitude. And if we don't understand that, we'll never understand the heart of giving. We'll never understand the heart of this mission. Because we say often, you know, you've got a circle of influence, and that's true. But what does that mean to you? What does it mean to have a circle of influence without having the love of God in your life? Paul said it in in. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, after he spoke about the gifts of the Spirit, he said that if I have the gift of prophecy, but I don't have uh, love, all I'm going to sound like is a clanging gong that just makes noise. And he went on and on. So it's important when the Lord says to you what's in your hands, it's not about how can I get through, how can I have this luxurious life, how can I get this, how can I get the porch, you know, how can I make myself feel good and comfortable, but rather it's about, Lord, you gave me life. You are love. And you saw it fit to meet me and to encounter me and to reveal your love to me. How dare I? not give that love to others. Because the love of God is never meant to stop with me. It's meant to flow through me. Even in your giving, even in your generosity, 
It's not about giving somebody five rand and saying, shop, I've done my, my good deed for the day. I'm going home. I believe it's about so much more than that. Even forget money. Sometimes we can just give our attention to somebody. Have you ever stopped at a, at a, a robot and then you look to the, I mean, I've done it myself, but when, you know, that person's coming there and you're just like this and you, you kind of like just glance a little bit and then you're just kind of trying to avoid that eye contact, that's wrong, man. That person is a person created in God's image. Perhaps you have nothing. Give that person validation by letting them know that they are created in the image of God. Perhaps when that person comes to you and they've got problems, perhaps instead of just worrying about your problems, stop for a second and realize that they're created in the image of God and see them as a person. Because generosity is not just about your finances. Generosity is about the heart and how well you see your father and you see what the cross is and you actually imitate that everywhere you go. So what is in your hands right now? What circles do you find yourself in? Do you find yourself in a place where there's actually people coming to you and they're asking you for advice? Do you see yourself in a situation where you're on your way to, to work and there's people on the side of the road? Whether you have something or not, there's one thing that you have that is more precious than gold and silver. And that's what Peter and John said in Acts chapter 3, and that's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ. It goes beyond just saying, look at your wallet, look at your resources. It goes about your heart. Where is your heart? Because Jesus also said, where your heart is, there also your treasure will be. Maybe flip it around, I can't remember. But where your treasure is, there is your heart. Right? So what you value, <laughs> that's where your heart is. It's a big reveal as to where you are. And I was convicted by this because I thought about my life and I thought, Lord, am I, am I still living out and am I still imitating you when I leave these walls? Am I still imitating you when I go to a shop? You know, when was the last time, and this is a true story, when was the last time I went to a garage with my shoes? And, every, and if you know me, you know I always wear shoes. I don't like walking around without shoes. When was the last time I left the garage without shoes? Because I've done that. And it's very uncomfortable to get in a car and drive there. It feels weird, Right? But when is the last time I did that? When is the last time I showed people who you are? When is the last time I was generous with your Holy Spirit, the Spirit that dwells inside of me? When was the last time I was generous with this light that you have given me? When was the last time I was reaching out to a world, the multitudes that you cared about, and I was part of that multitude? When was the last time I showed people what you have given me? 
When, when the scripture says that you knit me together in my mother's womb, when you saw me before my, my body was formed, when you, when you know the amount of hairs that are on my head, when you've given me purpose and you've given me the most beautiful gift on this earth, and that's a relationship with you. When was the last time I was generous with that? When was the last time I was generous with that? How many times do I come to this church and then leave this church and then, you know, what am I taking outside here? Because Christianity is not sitting down on a chair on Sunday. Christianity is everything that you do outside of church on a Sunday. Okay? We are not Christians by coming to church on a Sunday. We are Christians by representing Jesus outside of these walls. We are Christians by shining the light of the glorious Lord Jesus. That's when we are generous. That's when it's about Jesus and his kingdom. But I ask again, what are the resources in your hand? Are you ready to take that step of faith and trust the Lord even if it seems crazy even if it doesn't make sense because I know it didn't make sense for those disciples but are you ready to stretch what's in your hands what is in your hands are we ready to be a community and individual Christians that will be generous with the gift of God? Are we ready to be Christians that are generous with the resources that he's given us? Are we ready to go out and love and care for the multitude that God has placed in our lives? I just want you to pause for a moment and ask yourself this. I see individuals, I see couples. Ask yourself, as, an, and as individuals and for the couples, ask yourself as a household, what does this mean, Lord? What are the things that you have that, that you've placed in my hand? Just for a moment, ask him. And just in that moment, say, Lord, will you show us what we should do with this? Will you show us? Take a minute. In fact, take two minutes. Just, just for a moment of silence, let's ask the Lord. Father God, that which you have given in our hands, let us give it to you, Lord. Let us, in an act of surrender, open our hearts to you. And let us give it to you, Lord. Where we find ourselves in a, in a battle, Lord, help us remember that we, too, were part of the multitude that we too were hungry for you, that we too needed to encounter you. 
Help us remember the times when we didn't know you so that we know the value of having you in our lives. Father, I I pray that as we reminisce on the days when we didn't know that our lives were empty without you, let us be aware and I pray for conviction to realize that there are many people out there that are living those lives too. And Father, that faith battle that we might find ourselves in, that two of the disciples when they said, this is all we have. Holy Spirit, make clear to us that that's enough. Make clear to us that's enough. You're not asking us to become millionaires. You're asking us to look at what is in our hands right now. So Lord, as we recognize what's in our hands, I pray, Lord, that you'll show us how we can be generous. How we can care and have compassion like you did. How we, as a community and as individuals, can love the multitude around us. And how we can glorify your name and imitate you. Holy Spirit, be with us in this next week. Be with us in the weeks to come. And help us to be a people who are generous with the gift that you gave us. In Jesus' name, amen.